All right, Luke chapter 4 in your Bible tonight. Brother Adriel, I repented for stealing your chair, but you can have it back. Amen? All right, Luke chapter 4. I so appreciate the opportunity to be here again in this meeting. I came when Brother, Brother Shiflet first come here and had such a blessing, good time being here. Been praying for him ever since. I've met him and known him. Thank God for his friendship. Thank God for your church, for your love for the Bible. It's evident. Your love for preaching is evident. Your love for your preacher is evident for the things of God. And so I, I appreciate the atmosphere. I appreciate the, the godly spirit uh, that we find here in the welcoming spirit. And uh, just, we're going to spend eternity together. What a blessing that's going to be. Amen. And so for the sake of time, I'll not say much more. We'll try to go ahead and get into the message here in just a second. And uh, before we do that, uh, you know, how many, how many of y'all have ever talked to people that had their Bible all messed up? You ever talk to somebody had their Bible just a mess? And uh, it reminds me of a story I heard one time of a, of a preacher named Brother Roosevelt that wanted to be ordained by the Presbytery to be a pastor. So he came before the Presbytery and they began to ask him some questions and they said, Brother Roosevelt, do you believe your Bible? He said, sure, I believe the Bible. They said, well, before we ordain you, we need to know that you know the Bible. They said, what's your favorite story in the Bible? He said, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. He said, uh, well, you know, before that, what, you know, how much of the Bible do you believe? He said, well, I believe it all the way from generations all the way to revolutions. I believe all of it. <laughs> he said, oh, you do? Well, well, since your, your favorite story is a good Samaritan, why don't you go ahead and tell us that story so that we know that you know the story? He said, sure. He said, there was a man that went down from Jericho unto Jerusalem and he fell amongst the thorns. And as he fell amongst the thorns, they sprang up and they choked him a thousandfold. And he said, oh, Jehu, come riding by on a chariot and picked him up. And as they were riding, he fell out amongst the stony ground. And he looked above his head and he saw a cloud about the size of a mustard seed. And he said, man, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> and he said, so he ran inside the cave. And the quail came and fed him manna in the morning and they fed him raven in the afternoon. And the next day he walked out and he said, man, there was a river so great, let me tell you, no man could cross that river. So he passed down on the other side and he came to the sycamore tree. And he looked up and let me tell you, Jezebel was sitting in that sycamore tree. And he looked up and said to the birds, chunk the gal down. He said they chunked her down 70 times seven. And the fragments that remained were 12 basketfuls, not including the men, women, and the children. And he said, the only question I have today for the Presbytery is, I'm just trying to figure out, guys, whose wife is she going to be on the day of judgment? <laughs> I don't think he got ordained. Amen. <laughs> if you said amen, we need to have a Bible study. The book of Luke chapter 4. The book of Luke chapter 4. I have a thought on my heart tonight that goes hand in hand with what Brother Melton has preached. It amazes me how God sometimes does let us preach in the same area. The book of Luke chapter four, if you look in verse 16, I'll read you the portion of scripture here and then we'll go to Isaiah chapter 61 and uh, read the same account, the same account that here Luke is bringing it out of Isaiah chapter 61, what has been written verses one through four. He said in verse 16 of this chapter, he said, and he came to Nazareth, come out the Lord Jesus, where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And the Bible said, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? 
I want to preach to you tonight on this thought, Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is more than enough. We read tonight that as he came to preach the gospel, that he came to heal the brokenhearted. I want to say if your heart's broken tonight, Jesus is more than enough. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. I don't know what could or may or did have you captive in life, but you found out if you're saved by the grace of God that Jesus is more than enough. He gives recovery to the sight of the blind and sets at liberty them that are bruised. Those that are bruised means that sin has crushed you. Sin has hurt you. Sin has broken you by blunt blows, by blows. And yet a bruise means that you've been marked by something that hurts you. And I'm glad tonight I don't care how deep sin has hurt you. Jesus is more than enough to set you at liberty, to heal you, to touch your broken heart, to make you free. Tonight, I know it's just a play on words and we know the scripture says in the book of John 8, 32, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If the son of man therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And I know we use the term set free and the Lord said he set him at liberty. But tonight, I wanna tell you, I thank God tonight. I just wasn't set free. I thank the Lord I was made free. See, if I was in a prison tonight, I could have had some of the hood brothers come and break me out and set me free, but the Lord still be hunting me down looking for me. But tonight, if you make somebody free, you can walk out the front door and tell them goodbye. You don't have to worry about the law coming after you. You know what happened when God saved you, friend? He made you free. He took away your sin and made you free. Now, the Son of God makes you free, you'll be free indeed. Look at Isaiah 61 where this text comes from. I want to read that to you and then we'll get into the message. Isaiah 61, look at verse one through three. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. We see the care and the love of binding up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Let me say a few words before we read the rest of the text. Those that mourn means that they are expressing their grief through deep sorrow by weeping and audible sounds and sobs as if their soul is pouring out, mourning from the hurt that is in their life. And I'm gonna tell you something, friend. Sin will bring mourning into your life. Sin, I mean, sin has, has hurt all of us. Sin, maybe somebody's bound in sin tonight or you've recently been saved. And I'm gonna tell you, under the preaching of the word of God, my sin became exceedingly sinful. I saw what it was. And I'm telling you, I was mourning when the grace of God found me. The Bible says those that mourn in Zion. So, and then the Bible says in verse two, to comfort them, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Now, I just told you what mourning was. That word appoint is interesting word. It means to equip somebody completely, to fully furnish them with what they need. You know what the Bible said when you were mourning and you couldn't get over it? Jesus came by your way and he was the exact thing you need that completely equipped you to get over what it was that was bruising you. Amen. To a point then that mourn in Zion. Look at what the Bible says. To give them beauty for ashes. Well, if you're saved, that's exactly what God did for you. He gave you beauty. We'll talk about that more in the message for ashes the oil of joy from mourning. When it seemed like this world has taken all your joy away, you found out when you're lost that this world cannot satisfy. You realize that only Jesus Christ can satisfy the longing soul. This world cannot satisfy you. It left you empty, left you destitute, left you with no joy. What the, what the world promised you would bring you joy, the season of sin run out. The pleasure of sin's only for a season. 
What the world's gonna tell you, young people, to make you happy, you'll realize when you get it, sin will wear you out, it will mark you, it will bruise you, it will cause you to become captive, you'll be bound by things that there's no way you can try to get loose, but you'll never get loose till the Son of God passes by your way. And when he makes you free, you'll be free forever. You'll be free from it. Thank God that Jesus Christ broke the chains of sin in my life. The Bible says that God will give you beauty for ashes. When it seems like life can never get better, well, he'll save you and make everything better. The oil of joy for mourning, and look at this, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Psalmist said that you'll be like the trees planted by the river of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So we can see tonight that when Jesus showed up on the scene and the Lord Jesus began to preach and the Lord Jesus began to intermingle in people's lives, you'll find out that Jesus was more than enough. When the word, remember the woman, remember the woman with the issue of blood? She went to all the doctors. You know what the Bible said? She grew worse. She spent all of her living, every dime that she had, she spent every single bit of it. Everybody said, go here, and she tried that doctor. Go there, and she tried that doctor. What I want to tell you tonight is the world does not have the answer to your problem. The world cannot fix you. Only the grace of God can fix you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you. You know what she found out that day? Somebody told her, all these doctors, nobody can heal you, but if you could ever get to the Lord Jesus, if you could ever have him wherever he is, if you can get to him, he, he, he is what you need. He'll be more than enough to fix your problem. When she pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, she said, if I could but just, you want to see faith, if I could but just touch the hem of his garment, I should be made whole. You know what happened that day when she touched him? Virtue went out of him. Virtue is that power, that power to heal as a plant. You can take the virtue out of a plant. It's that part of the plant that has the power to change and heal somebody that, that has a sickness that only that plant has what it takes to heal it. And I want to tell you tonight, only Jesus has what it takes to heal your sin problem. He can be, he's the all, he is the answer. He's the answer. So you'll find tonight Jesus is enough. The reason I'm preaching on this, brother, watch, it was preaching and stirred my heart. We, it seems that we are living in a generation. We're going, to look at, we're going to look at some people tonight that Jesus was more than enough in the Bible. And it's going to encourage our heart tonight because it seems, it seems to have been a trend. For me, I got to think maybe over the last eight to ten years that it seems like we have such a Christianity and people getting saved, people sitting in church that preaching isn't enough and the Bible isn't enough and, and singing isn't enough and, and it seems like they're always struggling with their past of what God saved them from and it seems to always seem to be overcoming them and now in our day, big money has become Christian psychiatrist psychologist, and I'm not saying that people don't need to talk to somebody sometime, but I'm gonna tell you something. When we look at the Bible, you know what I'll find out? When Jesus stepped in their life, he was absolutely more than enough. That woman with the issue of blood could have spent the rest of her days telling everybody about how bad it was going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor. I was poor and spent all my money, all these lies. These people lied to me and you don't know how bad it was. Yes, I know Jesus healed me and he did what nobody else can do, but I just go to bed every night and all I can do is think about all that bad in my life. It seems like that seems to be consuming the mind of believers today. The worst thing you could ever do is go lay down on a bed and tell, a, tell somebody who really doesn't care about all your past and relive it in your mind. Relive it and talk about it over and over and chew on it and meditate on it and think about it. You know what you'll find? You'll find always in the Bible when the Lord Jesus stepped in and he healed hard cases. I'm glad he can take care of hard cases. We're gonna see a lot of those tonight in the Bible. And so we find that Jesus can give beauty for ashes. I believe she went around telling everybody from that day forward, let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Let me tell you I met the son of God and everything that everybody said he could do, he did do. And he did in my life. And if you have a need, you've gotta to get to Jesus, friend. He'll fix your problem. 
telling you tonight, young people, he's more than enough. The Lord Jesus is absolutely more than enough. Turn your Bible tonight as we look at this thought. I want you to look in the book, look, look, look with me, if you would, in the book of Mark chapter 5. Look at Mark chapter 5. We find this account in Mark. We find it in Luke chapter 8. I want to show you this account tonight. It's one of the hard cases in the Word of God. The book of Mark chapter 5. I'll try to, to get... The story, we'll try to read it quickly, follow with me. Chapter five, verse one. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadareans. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And chains have been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Now, I want you to think about the atmosphere of this man's life. We know he's in the tombs. He is so devil possessed. He is so filthy. He is so vile that the spirits have driven him around deadness. No, all by himself out in the tombs. And as he's in the tombs, we'll read, he's so suicidal. He's crying day and night. I mean, they're hearing him cry all in the night. They're hearing him cry all in the day. He's running around naked. He is fierce. He's out of his mind. I mean, there's sores all over his body. He's filthy. He hadn't bathed. He haven't, hasn't shaved. He's, he's, just, he's just, if you could get the picture of how vile and dirty this man is. And yet when people showed up, you know what they did? They would come and try to find him, maybe sleeping at a moment, they'd bind him with chains. And oftentimes he was bound with fetters and oftentimes he was bound with chains. People tried to come tame him. I mean, could you imagine from the time this thing came on him and these devils, this legion of devils began to, began to possess this man that they would take him. And I don't know how old he was when it happened, but the only way they can control him at that time is put chains on him. Never had anybody bind me in chains in a bedroom. I mean, you want to talk about abuse. I mean, binding him with chains, binding him with fetters, trying to tame him, do what they can and, and they can't. And this man ran off in the tombs and he's living in the tombs and they could just, uh, they could always just hear him. They get close to this man. Cry. Think about how life bad must be for this man. Crying day and night, naked, nobody to love him, nobody to care. We read at the end of the text, a man had friends. Where were they at? They were nowhere around. Sin had so driven this man to a dark place, he's all by himself. This is one of the extreme cases in your Bible. A man who has a legion of devils, I mean an extreme case in your Bible. And look what the Bible says as we continue to read. And it says, no man can tame him always night and day and was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, the Bible says that he ran and worshiped him, crying with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, our son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would that uh, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, "Send us into the swine that we may enter into them." And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out, entering into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand were choked in the sea. The Bible says, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus. Look at this. Seeing him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting, he's tamed. You see that? No man can tame him. The son of God shows up in his life and what nobody else has been able to do by the power of his word. By the power of his word, he set the captive free. And when they came, they seen a man doing something they've never seen him do before. What nobody in the country can do for him, the Lord did for him. The man is sitting there, sitting down at the feet of Jesus. This man's got clothes on. They tried to tame him. They would put clothes on him. He'd rip them off. I mean, this man's...
naked. And yet he's clothed, and look at this, and in his right mind. Well, I'm telling you, God can put you in your right mind. We've not received the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't understand the day that we're living in. I don't, I, I seem to not understand it. When I got saved and people got saved, I mean, there was such a great change and people loved God, followed God, loved the Bible, fell in love with the Bible, got all into church and listened to the right music. And I'm telling you, I mean, they just, the joy of God, the joy of gladness for all of that mourning and the garment of praise for all of that heaviness and all the beauty for all the ashes. It seems like we have people in our churches today say they get saved and they still weep and hold the ashes. I don't understand it. All the praise doesn't seem like they're praising. All they do is weeping about their past and what happened. And let me say to you, you cannot control what may have happened to you in your life that others did to you. If anybody could have said, I, you know, Lord, now that I'm saved and, and, you, and you're not letting me go on the ship with you, you're sending me away. I need somebody. I need somebody that can help me through all these problems that all these people did to me all my life. You don't know how they hurt me and how they bound me and how they rejected me and, and how they despised me. And, and just you have no idea all the horrible things that happened. Hey, all the horrible things may have happened. But when the Lord Jesus showed up in this man's life and made him free, he wasn't weeping over the ashes. He's praising God for the deliverance. He's praising God for the change. I'm going to tell you what happened, friend. When you get saved, spend your time worshiping God for the change. Spend your time thanking him for the deliverance. Spend your time praising God. If your mind rolls back and you start to thinking about your past, say, thank God I'm not the man or woman, I, boy or girl I used to be. Thank God he saved me. He brought me up out of a horrible pit in a miry clay. He set my feet on a rock, put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto my God. Remember where God brought you from. When the devil brings it up in your mind, turn it around for a praise session. You know what I found in the Bible? When people begin to praise God, they don't weep over the ashes. They begin to weep over the oil of joy. The, the tears are changed. They're changed. You see what this man said? Look what happened to him. Why well, I love this account in the Bible. We find he is clothed and in his right mind. And the Bible says they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it had befallen him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devils prayed him. Now Jesus came into the ship. They're asking Jesus to leave. When Jesus got in the ship, all the disciples are in the ship and you know who's in the ship? The context is a wild man of Gadara who just got saved and delivered. When Jesus goes in the ship, that the man's in the ship fellowshipping with the disciples of God. He wasn't in there telling about how bad everything was in his past. Man, he's found some people that now he loves and he's in his right mind and he's around the right people. And Jesus comes in and when Jesus shows up, he prayed that he might be with him. That is always a natural desire in the scripture. When somebody got delivered, they followed Jesus in the way. Know what he said? He said, Lord, I just want, wherever you're going, I want to go. If you're saved, that happens to you. And so the Bible said he just wanted to be with him, that I might be with him. How be it? Boy, this is interesting. Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him. Jesus had a purpose for him as soon as he got saved. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Look what happened. He was obedient immediately, young people. He departed and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. You know what Decapolis is? Decapolis literally means Decapolis, 10 cities. This one city that's made up of 10 cities. And we read in the book of Luke chapter eight, it says that he published it throughout Decapolis. This man didn't go back. He went, he preached and told everybody in 10 cities what great things the Lord hath done for him. 
You know what happens when you get saved? I'm afraid that people aren't, when they get saved, spending their time being a witness, telling people what great things. There's no way to be weeping about your past when you're busy telling everybody how great God is and what great things he's done for you. If you're saved, God forgave your sins. Remove them as far as the east is from the west. He birthed you into the family of God, called you by his name, wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, made you a son and a child of the living God. The spirit of the living God lives inside of you and you belong to him. I'm gonna tell you, tell everybody, tell everybody you can what great things the Lord hath done for you. Get busy doing it. He's praising the Lord and he's telling everybody. Tell them all about these great things that Jesus had done for him. You know what the Bible said in Luke 8? Look over there at Luke 8. Let me just show you this briefly. Look at Luke chapter 8 because we're going to see another hard case in the same chapter. Luke chapter 8, look at verse 26. The Bible says, And they arrived at the country of the Gadareans, which is over against Galilee. And the Bible says, And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the tomb a certain... Out, 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 there went forth... Let me read again. And when he was went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time. This, this wasn't just a couple months or a couple years. I mean, this thing had him for a long time. He wore no clothes, neither abode in any house. But the Bible says he abode in the tombs. Look at verse 29. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him. And the Bible says that he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, kept bound. There's times that he was bound and couldn't get free. I don't think if I could even describe to you tonight how miserable of a life this man had. If 2,000 swine ran violently, it's possible it could have been 2,000 devils in this man. Legion were many. I have no idea. It just says we're many. Cannot tell you how insane I have dealt with people that are devil possessed. I have, I have confronted them and dealt with them with their unstable mind and, and all of the vileness and all of the filth. I've literally seen it exposed dealing with it. And I'm gonna tell you, a man with a legion of devils, you cannot even imagine how bad this man's life is. Let me say tonight, none of us in here had it this bad. There's not a one of us. I'm telling you, it was bad when Jesus found me, but nothing like this. Thank God it wasn't like this. I'm glad, hey, I'm glad that to me the depths of sin I was in, but I didn't know the depths of Satan like this man knew it. And I'm telling you the same Lord Jesus that changed this man's life. And when he got saved, you know where he was? You know what? You want to know what the recipe is for victory in Jesus? He was sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, thanking the one that did for him what nobody else could do. Tell you now, Jesus is still more than enough. Amen. Hey, there's a, he hath given us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can overcome. You have overcome. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. This man went throughout 10 cities, Decapolis, declaring, telling everybody what great things. Now, you couldn't imagine. You see this man cutting himself suicidal. I mean, cutting himself with stones the marks that sin had left on him, the marks on his face, the marks on his body. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't even imagine. But I'm gonna tell you something, friend. All of those ashes, you know what God gave him in the midst of all of it? Beauty. And when people looked at him and said, what in the world happened to you? He said, let me tell you about a man that fixed all this. Let me tell you what the devil did to me and I'm telling you there was no hope for me and I'm gonna tell you when there was no hope for me, hope showed up on the scene. The Lord, when I couldn't come to him, he came to me. He came to where I was. The Lord Jesus came there that day for that man. Aren't you glad like the woman at the well, Jesus must needs go through Samaria? He went through Samaria to reach one woman who used him, who used her to reach a whole lot of other people in Samaria. I'll tell you a hard case. You can see that he's in his right mind. Look at verse 38 and verse 39. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way, published throughout the whole city 
Now this is Decapolis, it's 10 cities, study it. He published throughout the whole, what? Throughout the whole city, how great things Jesus had done unto him. You know what the Lord sent him first to his family? Go home, go to your friends. If you say that you get saved and born again, and yet your family sees, your family sees that there's no victory in your life. You know the best thing you could do immediately after you get saved? Go tell everybody you can. Go ahead and draw the line where you stand and what happened. You tell everybody you can. You know what happened in this chapter also if you'll look at it? Look with me if you would at the beginning of this chapter. Look at Luke chapter, the same chapter, Luke chapter 8. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village to my Jesus, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. Look at verse 7. And certain women which have been healed of evil spirits. Several women that are here that, that the Lord cured them of, of devils and cast out these evil spirits out of them and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene out of whom went, say it with me, seven devils. Mary Magdalene, what a great worshiper in the Bible. Wow. Let me say something to you ladies tonight. I have no idea what happened in her life as a child Horrible things she was exposed to. What horrible things happened to her that you would never want to talk about. That sent her life on the path that it went down. That she opened up the gates to demonic things. And, and the first devil possessed her. And then the second devil as she went deeper possessed her. To the point she had seven devils. We, see, we get to read, that's what we read about Mary Magdalene's past. We read about her being a sinner and the Lord doesn't tell us much more. We just get to see her in all of her worship. And she has a heart for worshiping for the Lord Jesus almost like nobody else. But, but you cannot even imagine how bad this woman's life was. But you know what she found? Jesus was more than enough. I don't know, I don't know what happened to you in your life. Boy, I could weep over what Mary Magdalene's life must have been. Do you realize that while Menegadere was born as precious as every little baby inside this house? Just as sweet. And somewhere along the way, people exposed him to things that no child should ever be exposed to. Headed him down a path that no kid ought to ever go down. To the point his life is ruined and wrecked and suicidal and can't do nothing but cry and moan and a legion of devils has his life living in the tombs with no clothes on and nobody to care. Friends that he had are nowhere to be found. But I'm telling you when nobody else loves you, the one whose name is love, the God who is love. And I'm glad for the day of the Lord Jesus, the one who showed his love by dying for me on Calvary. He came my way and saved me, changed my life, forgave me. Let me say something to you tonight if you're saved. Your past no longer defines who you are. Your past no longer defines who you are. God changed all of that. Changed every single bit of it. There was no the 12, the 12, the 12. Apostles now said, Lord, you know this guy? He's been a long time this way. A legion of devils running around naked and out of his mind and filthy and vile. Look at him and, and, and he's got some clothes on. Are you sure that you just want to send him away by yourself? You sure you just want him to go by yourself? I mean, we, we might need to send, send Peter, James, and John. We might need to send, send James and John, the sons of thunder, to help keep him straight. Make sure he's in church. Make sure he stays faithful. You and I, we're, we're saved. He didn't even have the spirit of God living in him. Not yet. Like you and I did. You know what he did? All by himself. Went through 10 cities. Telling everybody. Everybody. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? If you're saved, tell everybody. Worship him. The heaviness, I'm telling you, sin was heavy. All you that are burdened and heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Thank God the burdens are lifted at Calvary. Thank God they laid at the foot of the cross and Jesus took care of all that heaviness and praise God, he gave me the garment of praise. Well, you got a lot to praise him for tonight. Young people fall in love with the Lord Jesus. Mom, daddy fall in love with the Lord Jesus. Mary Magdalene, there's so much we could preach about her tonight. Time would even fail us. Seven devils, these other women. Uh, you can find 
that in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, you know where you find Mary? Look at it. Luke chapter 10. We're close enough. We got time. Luke chapter 10. Look at verse 39. I love this. Luke 10, 39. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at the feet of Jesus. Here it is. And heard his word. You know where you find Mary? At the feet of the Lord Jesus. If we read some scripture to you tonight, we find that, that Luke chapter 7 we find her weeping at the feet of Jesus. There is a supper going on inside of Simon's house and this woman comes in and I believe if you study it, you'll find it to be Mary. She anointed Jesus twice in her life. At the very beginning of her ministry, this woman that was a sinner, she comes into the house and she comes to the feet of Jesus and she has an alabaster box and she breaks it and she anoints his feet and she's weeping. Remember the whole story about, uh, you know, the Lord said, Simon, I've come in, you hadn't even washed my feet. Since she came in, she's not ceased to wash my feet with her hair and with her tears and she's kissing my feet because her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She knew what kind of sinner she was. She's weeping at the feet of Jesus and, and as, as his dusty, trodden feet on the road from preaching, she looked at those feet and said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And as her tears began to make mud on his feet, the only thing she had close to her was that hair. And she began to wash his feet and weep because he did for her what nobody else could do. And you know what you'll find later in his ministry before he goes to the cross? The last week of Christ before he goes to the cross. She comes in again with another alabaster box. The second works of a believer are more than the first works. She comes in once again and anoints him. And the Lord said, hey, she's done this for my burial. Let it be a memorial spoken about her. Everywhere the gospel is preached, let this memorial of what Mary Magdalene had done unto me be spoken everywhere. And let me tell you something. She was the very one that she was one of the only few disciples that was standing at the foot of the cross. To stand at the foot of the cross that day meant that you identified yourself with this man and put a mark on you and everybody else had fled and stood afar off and smoked their breasts and went their way. Mary, the mother of Jesus, made her way to the cross. John, the beloved, was at the foot of the cross and there Mary Magdalene, a woman had seven devils, standing at the foot of the cross. And that's why when Jesus rose from the dead, she's the first one that gets to see him. Just an old, dirty, rotten sinner woman whose sin had taken her further than most people would ever understand. But the grace of God, I'm telling you, I don't care where you are, the grace of God finds you, it does a mighty work in your life. You know what we'll find in the scripture? I don't have time to give it to you tonight because I'm not going to take much more time. But you know, there was a, not only the hard case of a man, the wild man of Gadara, not only the hard case of Mary Magdalene, but I'm reminded of a man that when Jesus come off the mount, he's crying and he's asked the disciples to cast the devils of a very unclean spirit that had vexed his son grievously. And Jesus cast the devil. You know what that was going on if I read you the account? He said, he said, Lord, the spirit grabs him and throws him in the fire often. Anytime we get around water, the devils throw him in the water. This, this young man is suicidal, trying to kill himself. Imagine the fire that had burned his body up. And many times his daddy got on top of him, had to put the fire out, jump in the water, pull him up, maybe resuscitate him. Suicidal because of the devils. You have no idea how this young man's mind was so vexed and filthy, vexed by these demonic spirits. You know what Jesus did to that boy? Cast the devils out of him. The Bible says he was cured from that very hour. Amen. Cured. You know what I believe in days ahead while daddy was walking with a young man and they got next to water, the daddy's heart said, I wonder what's gonna happen. That boy looked and said, I ain't never going there again. Jesus done saved me. He ain't, got, he ain't got to worry about me trying to kill myself anymore. He gave me life. He gave me something worth living for. Got next to a fire instead of jumping in the fire. Amen. He's smart. He, hey, he's, he's making s'mores with a teen group. So, praise God. Let me tell y'all something. I used to jump in that stuff. Boy, the devil had me. But boy, I'm telling you what now. I love the fact that my God's a consuming fire. And boy, he sure put a fire in my heart. You know what happened? Daddy didn't have to watch after him no more. Didn't have to watch after him. Rebellion. I'm telling you salvation to fix rebellion. 
Young people, you're constantly pushing against your mom and dad. You're constantly rebelling and rebelling and pushing the envelope. I'm telling you, if you're not saved, you ought to get saved. And if you are saved, you ought to repent and get right with God. Because I don't believe this young man any more rebellion running, jumping in the fire and jumping in the water. Jesus did a work in his life. Jesus was more than enough. What about the Syrophoenician woman? Well, the Syrophoenician woman had a daughter grievously vexed with a devil. Grievously. And she came to the Lord, you know the story, begging the Lord for healing for her daughter. And Jesus ignored her to start off with, not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She's a Gentile dog. And she said, truth, Lord, but yet the dog eat from the crumbs, falls from the master's table. You know, because of her faith, because of her acknowledging truth and because of her submission to God, her daughter got some help. I'm gonna tell you, sometimes our children, the only way they'll get help is if mom and dad gets hold of God. Mom and dad need to get a hold of God. You know what happened when she came home? She found that young lady. If you read the Bible, found that young lady. The Bible says the devil was gone. And she's laying on her bed. And she's at peace. That mama came in and when she saw her daughter, she knew, boy, exactly what Jesus said he would do. He has done. Didn't take her but a moment. What about the woman? What about the, what about the woman that touched the hem of his garment? The Bible says she knew immediately in herself she was healed. She didn't have to go to the doctor and get an examination. She didn't have to go see if it was all taken care of. I'm telling you, the Lord did something so real in her life. She knew it. The Bible said the blood stinks. And what that means is if a mighty flood like a river is coming so forceful and something greater like a dam closes and stands in the way and stops something that nothing else can stop. You know what she found that day? The power of God can do in her life what nothing else can do. The power of God. I want all you young people, I want to tell you tonight, same thing your preacher's been telling you and every other preacher. Believe tonight with all your heart, Jesus is more than enough. He's more than enough. He'll give you victory. He'll give you, he'll give you beauty for ashes. Tonight, as I've had opportunities, some of the saved young people in my church and even adults, when people come to my office, preacher, when people come to my office and they're wanting to get help and I start to counsel them from the word of God, here's the first, th- the first thing I always ask them. I always ask them this. I said, have you been reading your Bible faithfully? Have you been in the Bible? And let me tell you, without fail throughout my ministry, the head kind of goes down. No preacher, not like I should. I hadn't been reading my Bible. I said, look, you can't expect to have victory. They were sitting at the feet of Jesus hearing his word. And you can't expect to have victory without his word being prevalent in your life every day. You must read your Bible. Here's where our victory is. Here's where faith grows. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You got to stay in the Bible. Fall in love with the Bible. Read it every day. Hide it in your heart. And then I asked them, I said, look, have you been reading your Bible? And they're like, no. And sometimes I'm like, when's the last time you read it? Well, when I'm at church and you're preaching, I read it. I'm like, no. When's the last time you spent with God? You spent, this Bible was premium and you spent some time with God in the Bible and God spoke to your heart. Sometimes it's like, preacher, I can't even remember. And you wonder why you're so defeated, so depressed. Your mind will begin to roll back if you're not meditating on the Lord and praising him and worshiping him and telling everybody. You know what I realize people that are in the Bible, they tell people about it. When you're in the Bible, you're sharing the word of God with people. It burns in your heart. It's a fire in your heart. Even when Jeremiah said, look, I'm done. I'm never preaching again. I'm finished. He said, there was a fire in my bones. I could not stay. It was burning in me. I had to open my mouth. I want to tell you the second thing I asked him. I asked him, I said, here's, here's a question. I asked all the young people and even adults. I said, now, let me just ask you about what you're listening to every day. What kind of music you listen to? You only listen to God. Do you listen to gospel music every day? Well, no, preacher, not every day. Well, are you listening to music? And they are. They're listening to the world's music. It's all about Christians. Listen to the world's music. They're out of their Bible. They're listening to the world's music and they're feeding themselves on what the world is whining about all of their sorrow and their mourning and their ashes and their heaviness and, and all of this hurt and sorrow. They're singing about all the pleasures of sin and that's consuming the mind of the believer and they're staying out of the Bible. And then I say, how do you expect to be spiritual? 
mind. You cannot be spiritually minded if you're not in a spiritual book every day. And you can't be spiritually minded if you're not listening to spiritual music every day. You've got to feed your mind the right things. And I ask, when's the last time you've been on your knees praying? You've come to talk to me about it, but have you, come to, have you talked to the Lord about it? And I'll preach, I'm not praying like I'm supposed to. And I can give you a list on and on. And you say, you say, no, nah, let me tell you, that is the recipe for victory. You say, it can't be that simple. I had one woman, had one woman leave my office because I told her that she wasn't reading her Bible, wasn't listening to the right music, wasn't praying. I mean, wasn't even listening to preaching. And here's the other thing. When she was in church, hearing preaching, she wasn't hearing preaching. Church wasn't premium in her life. She came because her husband, everything was coming. She came. And, and, and so when, when all of a sudden they pulled out of the church, it, it was mocking. Yeah, you try to go talk to the preacher about your problems and all he says is read your Bible. You try to talk to the preacher about your problems and all he says is listen to the right music. You talk, try to talk to the preacher, get some counsel and all he says is, is you know, pray. And all he says is intently listen to preaching whenever the man of God is preaching. Have your Bible over intently listen. And he says that's all, that's all he'll tell you. He don't, he don't get it. No, ma'am, you don't get it. It is the recipe for victory. It is that simple. I'll tell you, it is that simple. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, for he trusteth in the Lord. Trust is in the Lord. Hey, your mind must be stayed on the things of God. You cannot be mentally unstable and spiritually stable all at the same time. I understand there are, and I'm not exempting certain medical conditions, but I'm convinced being around this thing a long time, 35 years I've been preaching, that there are people trying to medicate their problems away. Medicate their depression away. Trying to medicate their sorrow of what they're meditating on. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations and bringing every thought, every thought, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. One of the devil's tactics is fiery darts and the fiery darts are very thoughts he puts in your mind, thoughts he puts in your head to think about. He shoots those fiery darts into your mind and gets you to start thinking about them. And when that thought and that imagination comes, you immediately have to bring it into captivity. If you do not bring your thoughts captive, they will take you captive. Bring your thoughts into captivity. Cast down imagination. Pull down strongholds. The devil has a stronghold in your life. You know what the Bible said? The weapons of our warfare can pull down strongholds. I want you to know tonight that I know you know this, but Jesus is enough. Everybody has a back then. Everybody has a back then. Everybody has a past. The last time I checked, he took all that away when he saves you. And he's given you victory. He's made you at salvation an overcomer. And there's no reason for you to be defeated. He's already given us victory. I believe that we shouldn't necessarily fight for victory. We should fight from a position of victory. But we're living in such a defeated Christianity in our day. And I just come here tonight with the burden of my heart to let you know what you already know. That Jesus is more than enough. He is more than enough. Much more I can say to you tonight about that. And for the sake of time, I'll not, I'll not, I'll not carry on much more. But let me say this to you. What kind of music? Not, not only this, the other thing that I always ask is, is who are your companions? Who, who are you starting to hang around? What's the crowd you're communicating with on social media? Let me just a warning that, that you seem to get from preachers all the time. If you're feeding your mind all day long on the feeds of media and all the stuff that's out there, if you're feeding a whole lot on that throughout the day, you're going to have to put three, four, five times this much in there to combat all that. 
If you wake up and you're just feeding, 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 and you don't spend time here, you know what? Your mind's consumed with all that stuff you're seeing, all that stuff you're hearing, all that stuff you're exposed to, and you're putting it in your eye gate and in your ear gate, and it's in your heart, and you're wondering why you're struggling. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep, it means to protect it to defend it, to guard it. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. You start letting a lot of that mess in your heart, it's gonna come out in your life. Keep your heart with all diligence. You know what the Bible says to us tonight? Just read a couple verses right here. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. For I'll read you the next verse. Let me say something about that. The peace of God, which passes. It does not, that does not mean that here the peace of God, if this is peace of God, I'm gonna pass you understanding. It means that Brother Shiflet here, will you stand up, preacher? If he is understanding, and there's some things that I just wish that I could get understanding that's happening in my life and I just don't understand it. What happens is God gives me peace that says, I don't even need to understand. Well, you know, if I could understand it, I'd be okay. If I could understand why, I would have some comfort. If I could just understand why, maybe I can get victory. And it's just so defeating me, I just don't know why. You don't need to know why. Because when God gives you his peace and his word and the right kind of music and you're praying, and I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost of God, the spirit-filled life takes over. You know what the Bible says? That peace of God just passes all understanding. It keeps my heart and it keeps my mind. Keeps my heart and it keeps my mind. There's some things you've got to do to make sure that your heart is kept and that your mind is kept. And Jesus is still the answer. He is the answer. Finally, brethren, here it is. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, say it with me, think on these things. Think on these things. Jesus is more than enough. Brother Shifflett, you come take it. Tonight, all over the building, Brother Angel's getting on the piano, altar's open. So much was said tonight. So much was said tonight. Some of you, I can see it on your face. You're discouraged. You're down and you're defeated. I believe the preacher just preached tonight what you need to go home and do different. God didn't shortchange you when he saved you. He gave you everything you need. Both messages tonight was about being an overcomer, being victorious in this world. Living a life that's pleasing unto God with God's help and God's power.